Hello, everyone. We are back with our next uh, LinkedIn live stream session again. And today I have a very special guest with me, Mr. Omar, Omar Khan. And uh, he'll be sharing with us his expertise and knowledge today. Um, basically, Omar is a customer experience expert with extensive experience in retail and customer experience field. So thank you, Omar, for joining us. We welcome you to our show. Yes, uh, thank you, Saurav, for inviting me over for this talk. I'm uh, really happy to be a part of your podcast. So, shoot away. Great. So, Oman, uh, as we begin, um, I would like you to kind of introduce a little bit of uh, yourself. Uh, tell us, tell our audience who you are and give a bit of information about your background. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I have a very interesting uh, professional background. I've been to many different uh, companies and on many different roles and assignments. So um, basically, uh, at the core of my heart, I'm a market researcher, a consumer researcher. Uh, my core expertise, they lie in, you know, qualitative uh, consumer research. And uh, I have uh, always had, the uh, you know, the... Uh, the vision, or you can say, I always wanted to, you know, explore and grow. And so I went into uh, retail audit uh, uh, departments as well. Uh, I've worked with Nielsen. That was where I started off my career. Uh, I think you know about Nielsen. It's a multinational uh, research firm. And uh, I started off in the qualitative research wing, and then I moved on towards the retail audit wing. I, the main purpose was to, you know, get a 360-degree understanding of all the research practices and methodologies that are available uh, so I could, you know, grow as a researcher. And one day, you know, my vision was to become the CEO of Nielsen, you know. So I wanted to, you know, get a flavor of all the departments and all the different techniques of research that are, you know, available. And so I spent, you know, a good four years in qualitative and around two years I spent into the retail audit side. And then uh, again, I came got an opportunity uh, on the client side. So started off from the research agency and then moved on towards the client side where it's a, a leading a local uh, consumer packaged goods company known as Mayfair here. It's very famous in Pakistan. So they make confectionaries and biscuits. So I spent around three years over there with them. I was looking after their consumer insights department. So I was leading the department actually. And over there, I had exposure to all the different types of researches being done, you know, be it from uh, launching a product. So, you know, the idea generation studies and towards the product testing studies and, you know, the storyboard testing for the TVC, the launch TVC, and then the TVC testing itself. And then, you know, once you launch the product in the market and then you have to gauge the market share that you are gaining, the distribution levels that you have in the market. So, you know, studying that again, uh, working on that progress and measuring that as well. And then eventually, you know, after some while running the brand health tracker and really understanding what consumers actually think about your product and uh, in comparison to the competition and how you can make improvements to further, you know, enhance the product life cycle. So at the launch stage till the end of the product life cycle, we've got researches at every, you know, phase of the consumer life cycle. We did actually all those researches and I personally went through them as well. And then uh, after that, I got uh, an opportunity to move into the marketing uh, wing in a retail company. So I again thought that, you know, I've spent some time in the research side and, you know, research is kind of uh, not the mainstream uh, commercial business side. I said, let's have a flavor of the mainstream commercial business side and marketing was a good opportunity. So I moved my industry from CPG. I went into retail, fashion retail. And I've spent around four years uh, leading the marketing function here at ECS. This is a leading fashion company in Pakistan. 
and uh, uh, when i joined i not only got to work on their marketing wing but also uh, their e-commerce wing four years ago it was you know recently launched so they gave me the responsibility of running the e-commerce side as well so i have a bit of understanding about the e-commerce side and how things work on that uh, arena of the retail side and then uh, recently then i've also looking after the you know the community and the call center they had so it was a hybrid role looking after three different departments over there and so uh, that is how i transitioned into the cx now because now i am working as a senior manager here uh, head of cx in this company alhamdulillah and uh, the transition was because my background was from a research side and cx is primarily about the voice of the customer and what the customer is talking about so it was a very good match so when we th- thought of you know starting off cx department here at ecs so uh, i was the one who gave the idea and then you know uh, laid the foundation of the department and then now you know uh, running the department as well and uh, you know reporting directly to the board of the directors and you know uh, giving them insights on the consumer and what they think and what they like and what they dislike and everything so that's the my introduction uh, with respect to my background and with respect to the cx that you know i'm looking after the cx uh, here at ecs and one other thing i i have actually would like to mention here that you know the most of the people that i've met at the different seminars of uh, customer experience different leadership forums that have happened in the past i've seen a lot of people coming from the uh, the customer service side of the business into the cx uh, department and launching the cx framework as well so i think uh, i am a very few one of the few people who actually come from a research background and entered into the cx side because majority of the people whether it's the banks or the telecommunication companies they have people coming in from the uh, customer service side and starting off with the customer experience departments and leading the customer experience departments that is a difference that i feel my background has in terms of majority of the other cx uh, professionals in the market great so actually that's quite a bit uh, extensive experience really <laughs> yeah, i i just thought it was a long introduction maybe you got no no it. that's that's great actually and you rightly said most of the people in this particular function come from customer service background so uh, our audience will be definitely looking forward to hear uh, more from you as a person who came from consumer insights from the research background uh, so let's get into it um, so my first question over to you is you have been working in consumer insights field for more than 15 years as you mentioned you worked in qualitative etc so uh, what significant milestones do you recall which have changed the industry significantly over this period of time yes uh, sort of a lot of things have changed uh, in the past decade or so to say 15 years you know um some few challenges that we uh, faced as researchers in the past uh, have now been solved uh, because of technology and the adoption of technology and the solutions that technology has provided you know the digitization has really helped research to evolve and grow and solve a lot of uh, issues that clients used to raise with respect to research so for example i'll share a few with you uh, one of the issues that uh, researchers would always face was in terms of data collection because a lot of times the data was collected you know manually through questionnaires and through uh, pen and paper based techniques or through over the telephone techniques and in that you know a lot of biasness could have come a lot of you know uh, subjectivity uh, could be there and a lot of times uh, we had to do a lot of extensive quality control and a lot of extensive quality assurance over there a lot of investment went into that because you know people uh, sometimes are not that honest when they you know especially the people who are collecting the data they have a uh, targets and they have to collect the data and sometimes you know 
uh, instances happen where the data quality is questioned and uh, uh, because of technology. So, for example, now we have the GPS system, GPS enabled uh, mobile devices where all the surveys are now all the data is being collected uh, through the device and the questionnaires are there on the device that they have GPS locations. So, for example, if there's a door to door survey, if the if the question, if the person who is conducting the survey uh, he is not at the doorstep of the customer or the respondent. We get to know about that because we know where the survey has been filled up. What was the location of the survey? How much time it took to fill that survey? So there are a lot of checks. So now we know that the accuracy of the data collection has improved because of technology, because otherwise we didn't have these checks and balances on if the right kind of data is being collected or not. And as you know, if the data is not correct, then the decisions that the client has to take based on the data, then they can get compromised. So this is one thing that technology has really helped uh, market research. Uh, that is one of the things. One other thing I would like to add here, because uh, like we had researches, you know, face-to-face -face researches in the past, and you know, uh, we used to invite people physically for focus groups, and you know, we used to go to them physically. Now, with the help of the technology, and you know, looking at the COVID situation that came all over the world, so we've adopted Zoom, and you know, we live meetings, and we've got panel consumer panels online. We've got focus groups online. Uh, this is a more faster way of communicating, more faster way of generating data and insights for the customer. So the turnaround time, the timelines for a certain project, a research project, if it would take five or six weeks in the past, now you know, we can just complete a research project in two weeks time. So uh, in terms of efficiencies of managing timelines, technology has also helped us. So this is what I've seen over the past 15 years that technology has really you know, helped us to gather data and to you know, come up with insights. Cool. Um... So, Omar, you mentioned that you worked in consumer insights and then at ECS, um, you kind of transitioned to customer experience. Uh, so I was really wondering, um, as you had this position of customer experience in your organization, uh, what key challenges do you see as a CX head when, you know, driving this CX focus across the organization through different departments? This, this is actually... Uh challenge would be a small word. This is actually right. change management, you know. So change is never easy uh, because, you know, coming from uh, uh, a company uh, based out of Pakistan, uh, the culture that we have usually is a culture that we're taking decision based on the gut feel, you know, the entrepreneurial gut is what uh, is driving the decision making. And then, you know, having people come on board and talking to them and communicating with them and telling them that now, decision making is going to be based on the data that we receive and the data that is from the customer side that is a big challenge you know because people they they have the they want to take the ownership of the decisions they like the authority that they have and when you talk about customer experience department being set up in a company and you know projects and initiatives coming out of what the customer is actually saying, what the pain points of the customer is, and then you know you can't just come up with a plan and say that I know. For example, if there is um, the IT, uh, the head of IT is saying that you know I want to launch a Microsoft 365 AX Dynamics ERP system, which costs millions of rupees. For example, it's a huge investment. So now you know we will be asking him why are you launching this? How will it benefit the customer? If it's going to benefit the customer, then we, the company is going to make that investment. Otherwise, the company is not going to make that investment. So again. The onus or the power of a lot of uh, head of departments within the organization uh, gets challenged. And again, they try to defend that. And uh, they've got questions. They've got uh, uh, queries with respect to what is going to happen. 
and they have reservations, they have concerns. So the biggest challenge I would say for any company, you know, starting off with the CX is the mindset change. You actually have to bring everybody in the comfort zone that this change will not take power away from you. Rather, it will be for the beneficial of the entire organization because you have to tell them that, you know, once you take decisions and you identify projects and improvement based on what the customer is saying, that is where the real impact is going to be generated. Once you solve those problems, you will not only make your existing customers happy and buy more eventually, they will go out and they will bring their friends and family and relatives and they'll talk positive about you. That will increase your sales, your revenue, your bottom line manifold. So actually, you know, just to get that message across to them and telling them that we are, you know, doing this with the right intention. There's no office politics involved and there is going to be unbiased. It's going to be impartial. That is the biggest thing, you know, to convince them to change their mindsets and then to actually make them come into a comfort zone where they actually start trusting the voice of the customer. Yes, absolutely right. Um, you rightly mentioned because it's, it's a change management thing because we also have been seeing with our few of the clients who are running, let's say, digital transformation throughout their organizations um, and customer experience is actually becoming a key part of that digital transformation. And um, when it comes to change of technology, etc., people are still okay. But when it comes to change of um, thought process that how you should think, how you should put customer at front and center of everything you do, then it becomes a little bit more challenging and people try to resist more. So yeah, yeah you are bang on about that uh, particular thing. Great. Uh, moving on to our next uh, question. You mentioned that at ECS, uh, you are now also working uh, with e-commerce side of a business, right? So uh, in retail, Nowadays, I think it's very obvious that every retail company has brick and mortar model and plus e-commerce yeah. model. So uh, when it comes to um, these two different models, how do you uh, online and offline business models complement each other when it comes to CX? How do you think they uh, do that? And how does the consumer insight translate from offline to online and also vice versa? Can you please share a bit information on that front? Yes, I think I think uh, I think digital is the future. Online uh, business is the future, and uh, uh, very readily Pakistani companies and Pakistani brands have uh, accepted it, and they've uh, actually worked a lot in the past three four years on their e-commerce. And uh, e-commerce is a very growing industry globally. It is very highly growing in Pakistan. It's growing gradually, and still there's a lot of potential for growth and a lot of potential to get you know. Uh, revenue out of the e-commerce stream because you know still in Pakistan uh, only 15 to 20 percent of the total business is what e-commerce is contributing on an average level for a brand that has brick and mortar stores as well so 80 percent is coming from you know the brick and mortar and 15 to 20 percent is coming from e-commerce but globally this mix is around 30 to 35 percent that's what uh, recent stats that I studied about so um, again just to you know tell you that the customer now uh, is uh, an omni-channel customer. They uh, are looking for a great experience, uh, whether be it online, be it offline, be it a mix. For example, if you talk about Bop is that you know, uh, buy online, pick in store method. So that is what, you know, you go online, the website, you browse, you, you select the product, you place your order, and then you actually go in store and you visit and you, you know, you touch and feel the product and you experience it and then you make the final purchase of the product. So uh, in different cases, whether it's, you know, research online and uh, buy in store or whether it's something that curbside pickup, 
that is being offered all these features are very much important for the customers moving forward because the customer is becoming digital savvy they, the technology is there and they want to have the ultimate convenience at their fingertips so one thing is for sure that the omni channel is uh, here to stay and it is going to grow in the future that is also there giving convenience to the customer now when you talk about uh, the experience that the customer wants so basically you know all these um, methodologies are there to you know um, uh, give the better experience to the customer so for example when we used to have e-commerce three four years ago the customer would place an order on the website and they would get it let's say five days six days afterwards now customer places a order on the website and you know they get it the next day and in some cases, if, they, if it's the warehouse is in the same city, they get it within the same day, within a couple of hours. So, you know, reducing that time of, you know, from the point when the customer made the order till the point when the customer receives the order, we, you know, kind of squeezing that and kind of bringing, you know, uh, more and more improvements in that. And customer likes that, you know, they're, they're accepting that and they're demanding that as well, you know. So that is why I see is uh, changes uh, there and customer is driving the change and they want to receive things quicker and faster and they want to have a good experience. So that is there. So now coming back to the data collection and to uh, how we are communicating with the customer on online and offline. So that is the main thing that, you know, when you develop the customer journeys, a journey of an online customer, a journey of an offline customer. So we've got, you know, surveys in place and different various uh, touch points. So for example, if you talk about the online customer, so we have a survey uh, that is, you know, uh, placed when the customer places the order and he moves off the website and uh, he gets a survey that how was your ordering experience? You know, we talk about the look and feel of the website, how the products are aligned on the website, how the categories are displayed, was it easy for you to find what you were looking for and uh, was the right product available that you actually wanted or you know you bought something that was second on your list. So, you know, we have the surveys over there going out to the customer, a quick survey, just, you know, trying to understand their ordering experience and how we can make that better. And once the customers place the order and let's say after three days, they get the order at their home, you know, in the far-fetched area of the Pakistan. So we, you know, send a survey on the day they get the order and we ask them, how was your delivery experience? You know, how was the courier partner? How was his behavior? How was his... Uh, uh, grooming and how was the parcel what was the condition of the parcel was it torn was it in the right condition was it damaged uh, did, what did you get what you ordered for we ask these questions you know we get a feedback and the sense of how the delivery experience is so that's the second touch point right then there's a third touch point you know we try to send a survey after a month or so you know after 30 days when the customer has actually interacted with the product and he like, for example, we sell shoes and bags and accessories and clothes. So if he's worn the shoes for some time now, then we send him a survey, her a survey. And we ask uh, the customer, how is your product experience going? Is it comfortable? Is it durable? Are you happy with it? Uh, is it value for money? Uh, would you recommend it you know, to your friends and family after this entire journey, uh, this entire brand experience that you had with us? So that is a different touch point for the, you know, the online customer that we talk to and we get information and then we can you know, improve. We come to again the brick and mortar model, the offline model. So uh, when the customer has done shopping over there, and you know they they make the payment on the pause, and they go out, and then after a few hours they get a message, and you know we are asking about their in-store experience. How was the environment? How was the staff? How was the product? How was the merchandise? You know everything. We talk about the temperature, the ambiance. We talk about the friendliness of the staff. We talk about the you know the look and feel of the shop and we talk about, you know, uh, what is, uh, what was missing in the shop. So we get the feedback from there, you know, and then 
the one of the interesting thing is that you know we actually talk to window shoppers you know we ask them uh, window shoppers what is it that you know you didn't find in the shop you're leaving without buying anything from us so what could be the reason uh? so we've got reason that related to you know like salesman like maybe you know the sales associate uh, didn't deal with them properly or maybe they didn't find the right product maybe the prices were high for them maybe they didn't like the store environment or maybe they are just uh, general random window shoppers who are just window shopping and that is also an activity so we get these you know answers on the different platforms and really try to understand what is their pain point and what is it that they like about us as well because you know at the end of the day we have to keep our uh, sales teams and merchandising teams and the employees who are actually servicing the customers really motivated and really happy so the places where the customer you know gives us a high rating you know 9 or 10 or rating and we ask them what did you like about it and let's say they say customer service then you know we have to appreciate the people standing there on the retail stores and so that you know they keep doing what they're doing and if they tell us that you know there's a problem you know for example your prices are high or for example i couldn't find a particular product at your outlet then we go back to the merchandising and the pricing team then we say that you know looking at the competitors you know having an analyzing the competitor we see that your prices are a bit high so customer is complaining about that customer is giving a feedback about that so you need to look into that so they actually look into the prices and the people who are making the merchandise who are bringing the fashion products here on the shelves we give them a feedback that you know you, let's say you don't have a particular type of shoe that is you know in trend these days you need to bring that shoe for the customers they're looking for it they're asking for it so this is the kind of information that we pass on both the good points and the gray areas so the company can actually Uh, improve on those products so that's how online and offline is for us right uh, <clears throat> sorry uh, right so actually um, you see traditionally retail has been um, a brick and mortar oriented business where shop floor assistants could converse with customers you know in a live environment and they would and most of the customer experience depended on those people who are dealing with the customers now as these all uh, brick and mortar stores try to move online right maybe it's a website app or social media so uh, what do you think how the conversational commerce is emerging um, as a current big thing for retail if yes uh, why if no uh, why not so i think this is a very interesting uh, thing phenomena that is coming up you know because uh, once we you know you launch your website and you have a chatbot facility over there and you know you the customer can talk to you directly through the website uh, so customers a lot of time in a pakistani market let me give you a brief overview not uh, every person in the pakistani market is tech savvy right now there is still customers especially uh, women and females over the age of uh, 40 45 years going to 60 to 65 years they're not very tech savvy they really don't know how to you know do online shopping and browse the website and you know place an order over there so they have challenges because you know pakistan is a developing economy we're a developing country um, our um, uh, literacy rate or education rate is not that high so for us this conversational commerce is actually helping customers you know drive sales drive satisfaction drive loyalty even why because you know uh, approximately i would say 15 to 20% customers daily we have coming uh, online to our whatsapp uh, or 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 fb or you know even on the website chatbot and they are asking us to place orders on their behalf they want a shoe let's say it's they want a heel they'll tell you what type of heel they want they say we want in black color our our people they share the options online with them they show the black heels they show the 
of stock that is readily available on the website. They, they select the product and then they say, you know, just send it to my place. We just take their address over there and our uh, the staff working in the call center, working in the community team, they then place the order on behalf of the customer. So I think uh, for Pakistani markets and developing countries, this is very essential. Brands should go for conversational commerce because at least 15 to 20% chunk is coming from this kind of uh, transaction. Right. Okay. So, um, looks like uh, this is a thing which will keep growing slowly, slowly in the future. And uh, all these different channels, like as you mentioned, FB, Instagram, maybe nowadays TikTok, uh, might be famous in Pakistan. And I think these are the new emerging channels which I think will give uh, more ways for retail brands to reach out to customers uh, in a more friendly manner. So, that's something definitely need to look out for. Uh, cool. So um, moving on to, so Omar, you summarized a lot of insights uh, of what, how the CX has evolved, uh, what's happening currently with it. Um, so now coming to the future part of the CX, where do you think CX is heading in near future? <laughs> I think, I think that's a million dollar question right there. So um um, I have different thoughts, you know. Um, I have a different perspective about uh, how to look at CX, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example, you know, I'll share with you something. Uh, so the way CX is operating uh, in, in my company right now, so we have a cross-functional team. Uh, we've got people from retail in that team. We've got people from supply chain, merchandising. We've got people from uh, the culture and people excellence, also known as human resource. So we've got people from the CX department as well. So we have people in the middle management layer who are uh, who are forming a cross-functional team. So let's say when a project comes out of customer feedback, they will be actually working on it, you know? So, uh, but the, again, the point is this, a CX department is more of a voice of customer kind of uh, wing. So what they're doing is essentially relaying information and insights from the customer to the relevant stakeholders. So for example, if my customer is saying that uh, your prices are too high compared to the market competition brands, for example, then I relay that information to my uh, sourcing and my merchandising team. So they are the ones who are actually going to fix the price. I can just pass on the information, probably do another uh, third party survey for them as well as to uh, what should be the relevant price brackets for let's say pumps and occasions and for example, boots, different type of shoes, I can give them price packets that are acceptable by the customer. But eventually they have to take the decision. They have to solve that problem. In the same way, if the customers are saying that your customer services people um, don't have good mannerisms or they don't know how to, you know, uh, communicate with the customer. So we are going to tell the HR to, you know, give them the trainings and the required uh, training that they, they need to, you know, deal with the customers. And in the same way, the customer is saying that, you know, um, we are facing issues of product knowledge. Your staff doesn't know what the product is all about because, you know, in fashion retail, you've got so many different types of shoes, made with so many different types of materials. So it's very difficult for, you know, one uh, sales associate to know everything, but they should know. That is the point. And if the customer identifies that, you know, your sales associates are not well aware of the product, then we need to, you know, tell the merchandising people to, you know, train the staff on the product, you know. So what the way I am seeing things is that CX is not owning project all in itself. What CX is doing is passing on information and insights to different departments 
to you know uh, improve and to bring about to cash on the opportunities that are there in the market so again uh, that is my perspective that you know we need to build something in the cx department or the cx framework because i've i've read so many case studies of mckinsey and other top uh, uh, different publishing houses as well and what i see is that we can't just stand here and just relay information through the net promoter score or through the customer satisfaction score or through the voice of the customer platforms we actually need to do a real project ourselves as well that is what i see in the future that cx specialists and cx practitioners and cx departments need to do they need to somehow engage in the business and bring out that real value because you see at the end of the day the question comes out that you know we have pointed out that this is a problem and the the, the person who's going to solve it is of another department so at the end of the year when you actually sit down in your annual appraisal then what are you saying that you know did you solve the problem cx solved the problem or did that particular department solve the problem it was a collective effort it was a collective effort we identified it and they solved it for example so that is somewhere i see that you know cx should not just be limited to uh, identifying trends and opportunities and issues rather than they should also be involved in solving the problems that is i think should be the future of cx eventually that's very interesting insight omar thanks a lot um i think cx Uh, as you mentioned, CX currently is a department, uh, a collective department from people from different departments across the organization. And I think this department, um, do you see it growing uh, in an opposite way? For example, having CX people embedded into different departments as it grows and as it becomes, you know, a, a norm in the organization. Yes, basically, you know. Uh... when we talk about you know the customer centricity in an organization we are talking about you know uh, bringing change in the dna of the organization the way the employees and the way the people are thinking about the decisions and about the customer you know so once we are you know uh, communicating them over and over again and we talking to them in different forums and we are giving them different trainings regarding cx and uh, nps and they are monitoring their own nps themselves you know at different stores they NPS, the e-commerce website gets to monitor their NPS. The call center gets to monitor their own NPS. So they're responsible for their net promoter score, and they're responsible for improving their net promoter score. Uh, we're there to facilitate them. So I think when it comes inside the DNA, uh, you won't actually need to plant a CX person in every department. Every department will eventually become a CX owner. Basically. Right, right, right. Rightly said. Uh, great. So, Omar, you you had a very unique career path. You, as mentioned, you came from market research background, went into CX. Um, so, it will be great for our audience to know uh, that what advice will you give to uh, young professionals who are starting their career uh, in CX and who want to grow in CX. I think I would recommend this uh, department in terms of a person who is interested in working on strategy. a person who is interesting in working on insight and person who is actually wanting to bring about a change in the organization you know some people are change agents some people are there who are questioning the status quo of things so that kind of individual that kind of personality is ideal you know to come into a cx role if they they're naturally curious about things about how things work and how things should be and why is this happening in the society or in the in the in the country in a different way it should be different you know people who are ability who have the ability to actually think out of the box i think they are the ideal candidates for a cx 
control or a see exposition in any organization because they are people who are actually you know kind of thinking about the future they're looking at the current trends they're looking at the what is coming uh, in the future what is happening globally and then they're recommending to their organization to actually steer in that direction to steer the ship of the organization in that direction great so we are we have come to our end and that's the wrap up thank you very much omar for sharing all the insights and your knowledge we do appreciate um thank you everyone so that's all for today we'll be back next time with our new episode very soon keep in touch bye thank you thank you take care have a good day thanks